Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're glad to be with you again. We're, we're down in southern Utah, the land of red rocks and blue sky and desert. And cold. And a little cold this morning, that's right. Um, and there's a cold front everywhere right now, all over the Intermountain West. As you know, we're in the middle of this little sort of mini-series on joy, joy in our lives. And it may sound ironic that at this really difficult time, as we try to get through this pandemic, why would the Ayers want to talk about joy? Well, that's probably the reason. <laughs> We, Actually, yeah, I think we needed as much as anybody. After we did that last week, I I thought, you know what? I'm going to wake up every morning and instead of thinking, oh gosh, what do I have to do today? Uh, even though there were some kind of hard things coming up for me that I had to do, I think, wait, I am so grateful that I can do this, that yeah. I have the opportunity of doing this. This is so awesome. And I can talk to my kids, and it's just going to be a good day. Isn't it interesting? One of the little secrets, we call them secrets, that we try to teach our, our grandchildren is really simple. It's just, it just says joy is the purpose of life and a choice you make. And it is a choice every day whether we're going to have joy. Some days are easier than others to make that choice. Like yesterday, Linda, we were driving down, and it was the sun was low in the sky it was toward evening and we you know when you drive those of you familiar with utah when you when you drive from park city or salt lake and you you get on the i-15 and you're going through the towns through provo and there's a lot of there's six lanes of traffic going each way now on that road that's been finally finished and and you know it's a kind of a traffic and a cityscape and so on and then you come out at Mapleton or so and it goes down to a two lane road I mean two lanes each way and you everything just opens up suddenly the whole world just opens up you're in you're out in the middle of the country there's no more houses there's no more you're just you're just out in nature all of a sudden and yesterday oh my gosh the sky and the uh well, it was so the much clouds. weather, so much weather. It was raining, it snowed for a while, then it was raining, but we could see the mountains uh, and the and exactly which clouds were dumping yeah. rain. It was yeah. so beautiful. We literally watched the sky and the weather for four hours, and it was, it just, it didn't, it, you know, it didn't fail to please. It was, oh, it was beautiful. And in a way, Linda, that's the most basic we're going to talk about different levels of joy today, and in a way, that's the most basic, sort of fundamental, is just appreciating where you are and seeing beauty in things and so on. And, 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 and people may say, well, what if there is no beauty where I am? What if it's ugly where I am? What if, what if I can't find anything to appreciate or to find joy in? And you know, we all have to just train ourselves somehow. I, Viktor Frankl's book, um, The Search for Meaning, or that's not exactly the right title, Man's Search for Meaning, I guess. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'll always remember from that book is he's in a concentration camp. He's a, he's a Jewish man in a Nazi concentration camp. And yet he talks about the one little patch of sky he could see out of a tiny distant window and getting joy of just 
knowing that sky was there. And the, I mean, you know, it's 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 a thing we do in our in our heads, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. What's the one you like about it's not it's not uh, it's not what you see, but who you who you are, or things are not. Uh, oh, things are not as you see them; they're as you are. I mean, that's not right. It's it's not yeah, perfect. Yeah, but yeah. Anais Nin, absolutely beautiful. We don't see the world as as it is. We see it as we are. Oh, that's it. That's it. And it really is true. We see it as we are. If we're joyful, we see something perfectly different than if we're down in the dumps and having a hard day. Well, you know, Linda, that's the reason we've always liked the word joy better than the word happiness, right? Because it, it's a bigger word. It encompasses not only the happy, pleasant, beautiful little times, it encompasses the hard things and the even the sorrows, they're part of a bigger thing called joy. Yeah, it is. It's, it's more than happiness, a lot more than happiness. It includes adversity, right? Right, absolutely, because that's, sometimes that's where we get the most joy, is getting through adversity. Which reminds me, since you did so well on the Ananias Nin poem, um, I can tell you a poem about adversity and joy. I think it's, it's part of Shakespeare, and it goes like this. Sweet are the uses of adversity, which, like the toad, ugly and venomous, wears yet a precious jewel in his head. And so our lives, free from public haunt, find tongues in trees, sermons in stone, books in the running brooks, and good in everything. Wow. I, you have that so well. Our kids all know that. We've had them memorize that in the summer, and they love it too. But I keep thinking you're going to forget well, but it just, one of those things. Well, but it just shows. I mean, it's so beautiful because the toad is a little ugly and venomous, but that eye, that shining eye, that beautiful jewel in his head, and we can find those moments even in the toughest day, even when we're having a bad day all the way around. Oh, Absolutely. It really is uh, interesting to think about joy and uh, think about how much deeper it goes than happiness. But that's when we find sermons in stone and tongues in trees and books in the running brooks. Sometimes just getting out in nature is the, is the, is the start of joy, you know? Getting yeah. away from the things that are troubling and getting out in God's creation and feeling that kind of joy. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's what we want to talk a little about today. And you may say, well, what does this have to do with families? Because this, this is a show about families and about relationships and about marriage and about parenting and so on. It really has everything, everything to do with it. Oh, everything. If, if you can, you know, if you can be someone who teaches joy to your children... I mean, you can do it with an organized curriculum like in our joy schools, but you can also do it just by your example. And so we want to talk about these four levels of joy. And it happens to be, you know, you know this, Linda, and this is nostalgic in a way because it's the very first book that I ever wrote. I had co-authored a couple of books uh, before that, but the first book so many years ago that, that actually just carried my name was a book called The Discovery of Joy. Oh, wow. That was a long time ago. And it, it, it was profound. I loved that book. Well, I look back on it, and in some ways I think I would have written it a little different today, but 
But I'm not embarrassed by it because I think this, the basic sentiment of it is still true. So let's talk about each of the four levels of joy for a minute. Let me tell you what they are, and then we'll, we'll spend the rest of the show talking about each one and applying it to our families because that's what really matters. So the first level of joy that we've alluded to already is just <clears throat> it's the joy of being alive. It's the joy of nature. It's the joy of of um, of your body. It's the joy of being able to move, being able to get up in the morning, being able to look out and see something and appreciate the creation around you. It's It's just the basic... And it's accessible to everyone, even Viktor Frankl in a concentration camp. So it's the joy of what we're given, what every human is given, this this earth and a body. Now, again, you may say, well, what if your body's sick? What if your body's crippled? What if you live in an ugly place? I know, I know, I know, I know, I understand. But there is some joy there. That is the first level, just that basic appreciation of being alive, right? It's just kind of fun to wake up and think I'm still alive (laughs) (laughs) actually we have a friend whose dad is 99 and he says that's the biggest joy of his life every time he wakes up he just says I'm still alive (laughs) I'm still alive I've got another day (laughs) I've got another day this is going to be good so I think that's the first level but we'll come back to that but the second level uh, in in this philosophy, in this particular theory of joy, is what you do with those gifts, what you do with your, your mind and your body and yourself. And it sort of comes down to two things, the joy of your achievements and the joy of your relationships. A's and R's, achievements and relationships. That that second level, the first level is a gift. It's it, It's just our ability to appreciate it that matters. The second level has to do with us. What do you, how do you achieving things, right? We all know that. Again, this is a basic level, a second level of joy. You feel good if you ace a test. You feel good if you win a tennis match. You feel good if you graduate from high school. You feel good if you, you know, well, if you can still get a job, if you exercise and do the things that you want to do. Everybody can't do that, but it yeah, feels good. Yeah, but of achieving and even little things. Sometimes sometimes people learn the best way to start a day is just do something little so you can check it off. Some little achievement that makes you feel like you're you're getting something done or you're you know, get up and organize a drawer or write a letter to someone or, or do something where you know you're you're having a small achievement, then there's a certain joy in that. But The greater joy, probably, over time, is the joy of a relationship, whatever it is. The joy of your relationship with your spouse, or your relationship with your child, your relationship with a grandchild. And those are never perfect, and there's pain in those relationships at times. Absolutely. And yet, to work on them, and and to see that that's one of the places joy comes from, a profound place, is those relationships. And then every once in a while, you come to a moment, an aha moment, where you really have a chance to connect with someone or maybe your children or whatever. We had that experience last Sunday, actually. We had a call with our children. We try to have a call every week. It's their their initiative. 
And it's great because we have a son in Switzerland, we have one in London, we have two in Hawaii, we have someone who, Phoenix and some in Utah. And it was such a delightful call because one of our sons is a, a, a positive psychology major and he started asking people when we tried to start talking about agency, which was a deeper topic than we talked about for a long time. And they, they started talking about when they thought they had really kicked into their own agency, you know, after they left us, yeah, after yeah. they left our home and how, how connected they were or not connected and when they, they clicked into their own agency. And I've thought about that all week. It was a really deep relationship. Call. Well, and when you said that, Linda, I was also thinking how, how one beautiful way to think about technology today, whether it's Zoom or whether it's FaceTime or whether it's Marco Polo or social media, it, one way to think about it is technology can be a relationship facilitator. Yeah, you know? we've, we've learned that during the pandemic. We would never have known it had we not had to do it. Yeah. It's amazing. Exactly. So um, we're just about to take a little break and we've only got to the first two levels of joy. The first one being just the gifts of the earth and our body and so on. The second one being what we do to form relationships and to have achievements. And when we come back in a minute, we're going to go on to level three and level four of joy. So hang on. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. Thanks for joining us today. We're having so much fun talking about joy. Not just happiness, but joy. I think I'm getting happier as the broadcast goes on. Maybe we should <laughs> we do this every are. day. Get up in the morning and talk about joy for a half an hour. <laughs> and that will do it for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So you may say, okay, what would level three be? Because, you know, the first two levels sound pretty comprehensive. I mean, level one of joy is the, the appreciation for the earth, for all the gifts of life and trying to find a positive interpretation of them and so on. And the second level of joy is relationships and achievements. What we do with our time, what we, what we bring about and, and the satisfaction we get from a good achievement or from a better improving relationship. So you may say, what else is there? Those are the only two things. And you also may be saying, hey, wait, I thought, I thought ours on the road was always about family and about parenting. Uh, what does this have to do with it? It has everything to do with it right Linda? yeah absolutely um it is so interesting because there are so many levels and you think well how much deeper can you go but it really is true that it just gets more and more interesting as you go deeper and if you wanted one single measurement of an effective parents could, could you think of a better one than how much joy or happiness that parent is able to exemplify or give or teach or imbue in his child. And so a lot of parenting is, you know, if you become an example of the first level of joy, if you appreciate things, if your kids see you appreciating things, if you verbalize all that, if you love the earth, if you love the good things in life, even if they're fleeting and even in the midst of problems, that's going to translate down to your children and, you know, finding them little moments of achievement and praising them and, and 
helping them to develop relationships. That's what it's all about in life. So you ready for the second two levels? I'm ready. The higher levels. Go for it. Well, you can, some of you guess this if you know us, but uh, the third level of joy is being able to put it all in a larger context, a larger, a larger picture. And, and you know, it's, it's having someone to direct the gratitude to. It's one thing to be grateful. It's one thing to be appreciative. It's one thing to try hard to have good relationships and good achievements, but into what bigger plan does that fit? Into what bigger sphere is that a part of? And of course, you're way ahead of us. The third level of joy is understanding that this is not just by chance. This is part of God's plan, that you are a little part of a much, much bigger thing, a much, much bigger plan. And to understand that and to put it in that context, we think just deepens the joy. It takes black and white joy and turns it into technicolor joy because we're grateful to God and we see, we try to see things in that spiritual construct of faith. And that's what takes the joy to a whole new level. Yeah, it really does. And we realize this is not necessarily a religious podcast, but we, we do have to say that we um, rely on God for so much. And it is really interesting that most of the world does too. I, I think yeah. the in the U.S. it's ninety percent of people believe in a higher in some power, kind of in a some kind of a higher superior higher power. being. Right. And we have spent so much time in the Muslim world, you know, um, and the Hindu world, and, the Hindu and even world, the Buddhist world, Sikh world. It is amazing how faithful they are. How amazing it is that they rely on God for so many things. And that things. that's part of their construct of joy. Absolutely. Yes. In fact, they are so much better than I am about the Muslims, especially thinking about God all the time, five times a day, they're praying. And it really is amazing when you see that it, everybody all over the world um, is does believe in a, a higher power. Well, and it's that third level of joy that allows you to say, boy, I'm having a tough challenge this year. I'm ill or I'm sick or I've just lost someone I love or whatever. But once you're in that bigger picture and have faith that there is a hereafter, that there are better things to come, that you can recover from this, that you can pray for help, that there you can draw on a higher power. It just takes everything to that next level. And particularly, Linda, don't you think when when you view that God or when you have that faith, not just in a superior being or a higher power or a creator of some kind, when you have that kind of vision or paradigm of a parental God, right. of an actual parent God of, we think the best paradigm is, is one parental God, but involving a heavenly mother and a heavenly father. Now, you're in a construct where joy goes to a whole different size, a much bigger size. And when you think about them not as vindictive and angry and when we sin and we're doing you know bad things and we have to carry this load of how they just, we're gonna be punished and all that. Yeah. It really is so different to think of those parents as loving parents, just as we are loving parents for our own children, only more so because they know us. 
They know us so well. It really has changed me. In fact, in thinking about the Heavenly Mother lately, I think a lot of people are coming around to realizing there is a feminine deity and that it makes a huge difference in your relationship with God. And of course, if you're a parent, as most listeners, not all, but many listeners of this podcast are, you begin to understand that on a whole new level because you know that you love your children unconditionally. You know that you would give your life for them. You know that they are everything to you. And if we think of, if we magnify that to infinity and think of a parental God of heavenly parents who who had a reason for putting us here, if it ties into something bigger and if part of the adversity and the problems we feel can be can be in a construct of helping and growing and developing, then it all begins to go to this higher level of joy. Well, I think it helps with our own parenting. Right. I mean, in forgiving people and realizing, I mean, there are always problems with kids and with siblings as well, but it just goes, it, it goes so much farther when you think, you know, our heavenly parents would forgive us for doing things they're kind and loving they want us to succeed they don't want to put us in the bad bad boy or bad girl category it really makes a huge difference well and it's ironic Linda because we started out the show talking about the very first book I ever authored so many years ago the four levels of joy called the discovery of joy but it, it's interesting that the book I'm working on now that we're working on that you're helping me so much with is tentatively the working title is the parental god and we're working on some kind of a subtitle like uh, I don't know uh, how the paradigm of a heavenly father and a heavenly mother changes everything and it really does change everything I mean it changes how you look at other people if you, if you if, once we really believe in a parental god truly believe it or have faith in it or try to have faith in it the whole world looks different everyone's our sibling everyone no matter how different no matter how far away they live no matter how they may be mistreating you right right they're a sibling exactly. in fact the person next to you maybe it is probably a glorious glorious person you may not be able yeah. to see it but they are glorious and i you know i just have to tell a little story about uh yesterday i was shopping and i lost my phone since from the time i went in the store <laughs> the worst thing that can happen the worst except it happens about 10 times a day but anyway <laughs> um i luckily had a an apple watch so i started dinging it to see if i could hear it and I couldn't hear it I, once in a while I could hear it barely faintly and finally there's another young mother walking up and down the aisle with me the, this is the pillow aisle I'd looked at hundreds of pillows and I thought there's got to be somewhere in these pillows I said excuse me could could you just listen for a moment and see if you can hear this little ding ding and she was so kind she just stopped and said Oh, of course. Oh, wait, let's go another. No, it's no, it's not here. No, we got to go a little bit closer this way. It was just, it was so interesting. But then she really, she really she put aside stopped. her own needs and helped you. And I said, oh, I'm sorry to keep you. You better just go, go do your thing. But thank you. And she said, no, I'm fine. I just dropped off my mother for uh, cataract surgery and I'm just waiting to go pick her up. I'm fine. Let's go. Let's buy this this phone and so um we just kept going closer and closer to the sound and finally we realized that it was at the checkout stand in a drawer locked away because i dropped it on the floor somehow I dropped it through the 
card or something. Anyway, they handed it to me and I was so grateful to her. I thought, this is a glorious person who would just stop and help somebody. Well, so I mean, that person was easy to love because she was helping you and so on. But in this construct of a parental God and all of us being spiritual siblings, we can even love those who are misusing us or who are critical of us or who are making our lives more difficult. And what you said, Linda, reminded me of that beautiful, I can't quote it, but the C.S. Lewis notion that mm -hmm. uh, the holiest thing you will ever be around is that person next to you or that, that homeless person or that bum on the street or that uh, whatever the person is, realizing that they're a child of God, then suddenly everything looks different and we begin to see the world. And that, and that is really a third level of joy. That's taking the first two levels and surrounding them with this big, this big paradigm of we're part of something bigger, we're part of a bigger plan. And, and G.K. Chesterton said it this way, um, without humility, it is impossible to enjoy anything, even pride. <laughs> so the smaller we see ourselves as part of a bigger picture, the more awe we can feel, the more respect for other people and bigger things. And it, it just it just adds to that joy. And before we run out of time, we better get to the fifth level for, or the fourth level for a minute. What could be higher than the level of faith and hope and joy and believing in a parental God? Well, it, it's easy to say the, the, the higher fourth level of joy is feeling God's approval or feeling God's acceptance or feeling his love. I mean, level is there, believing they are there, believing there's something higher and bigger. But level four is actually through prayer or through feeling that he's really there and that he approves of you and that he accepts you and that he knows your faults and still loves you. So it's, it's that approbation. It's, it's loving yourself, really. Yeah. You know, forgiving yourself for things that, that you've done. And it really does make a huge difference. I, I think I get on a thing where I do something. It's not a sin of omission, of commission. It's a sin of omission. Yeah. When I leave something out and I feel you know, like, oh, I should have done this, should have done this. I think the feeling that God still loves me and I can go on. I can get past that and realize that I can do better next time. It is huge. It's a, a big bundle of joy. There's a beautiful song we sing that, that uh, has a line in it that says, and this hints at, at a male and female God, at a heavenly mother and a heavenly father, because the line says, with your mutual approbation, may I come and dwell with thee. Mutual approbation, the idea that God forgives us, he loves us, that no matter what we do, he will always love us. That That's the underlying, that's sort of the thing that shores up all the other levels of joy so that they'll continue. Right, absolutely. And, you know, it is good to think about this. I think not many people think about levels of joy, um, <laughs> except you have a great mind, honey. <laughs> and uh, I have loved rethinking this because you have to keep reminding yourself that there are different levels of joy and we experience them all every day. Well, my level of joy right now is just looking at your face. I love your face, honey. Oh. <laughs> I love Aww. your smile. Love, it all comes down to love too. That's where we ought to end. That there, There's precious little difference between love and joy. The more joy you have, the more love you have, the more love you have, the more joy you have. And to begin where we started, 
Joy is the purpose of life and a choice you make. So we hope you choose joy this week. And thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Iris on the Road. Bye-bye.